0: You're listening to the Access Success Podcast, produced by AccessU, a division of Access Advertising and Public Relations. Hey, let's do something big. I'm your host, Rachel Schneider. Welcome to the Access Success Podcast, where we highlight important topics focused on education in every form it takes. Today, we'll be talking about surviving the demographic cliff. It's one of the biggest national trends everyone in the world of education and beyond is concerned about, and if you don't know, the demographic cliff is the result of the sharp drop in birth rates that started in 2007 and the potential consequences, specifically in the world of education. So public high school graduations are expected to peak in 2025 at 3.5 million students and then just fall off. So since baby boomers first entered their college years, the confidence that was held in higher education has since been lost. Enrollment has been on the decline since before the pandemic, with no increase in the U.S. since the 2014-2015 school year. This drastic drop experienced by community colleges in 2020 and 2021 points to, unfortunately, even bigger problems. So can those problems be solved with a good marketing strategy? And which institutions have amazing opportunities for advancement right now? We're welcoming the president and CEO of AccessU, Tony Pierman, into the studio today to discuss with us. Hi. Hi, Tony.
1: Hey, Rachel. How are you?
0: Hey, very good. So, Tony, tell us a little bit more about your experience with the demographic cliff.
1: Well, Rachel, I think it's important, as you already mentioned, that uh, this isn't a new concept to higher education. Um, the folks in higher education have been hearing about this. I think the first book was published in 2018 uh, about the demographic cliff. But what's really happening now that I think is really interesting is there's uh, another couple ripple effects that are happening that are post-pandemic. And that is really going to be making the biggest change. Uh, and the first of those is that in addition to the drops that were already experienced in 2007, and 2008, during the Great Recession, we also had between a 4 and 8% drop in births during the pandemic. So there's another ripple effects coming that is going to continue this decline until 2037. So there isn't going to be a real rebound period for higher education. In fact, there's just going to be this continued decline that was already pretty devastating with many institutions that we work with having increasing years that they come to us with, they're having declines for multiple years when they come to us. So the need to shift and change how they're marketing, increasing their technology is just becoming more and more vital.
0: And what are some best practices that marketers in this sphere should really be aware of, especially when it comes to being aware of the demographic cliff and how it's affected enrollment rates?
1: Well, I think first it's important to really talk about what's happened in technology that is impacting this further, that is creating opportunities, but also challenges for traditional liberal arts colleges. I saw it discussed in an Inside Higher Education article when they were talking about what someone actually described as higher education's Netflix moment, which is that during the pandemic, everyone became accelerated in their acceptance of online learning in a way that would probably have taken decades to achieve. It happened very quickly during the pandemic. So the comfort with online learning was skyrocketing, while the other institutions, especially some of the community colleges we work with, they weren't ready for online learning. They didn't have an online learning program at all, and they had to pivot very, very quickly. And that is still being felt with everyone trying to get Um, an increase in their game and their acumen and their ability to provide really, really, really substantive online learning.
0: And how have you seen this firsthand, obviously working in the advertising and PR world, when you have clients that come to you seeing some of these problems up close? What are some of the biggest things that you have noticed?
1: Well, it's just a lack of technology and a lack of online curriculum that was ready to go. And then, of course, the bigger challenge is that Folks are also changing in terms of a consumer perspective. Folks are very much changing what they want out of an education. Um, And the competition has never been more fierce uh, for higher education. Uh, There's some staggering numbers that we've been looking at. Uh, And again, this is from uh, that Inside Higher Ed uh, article that there are online degree and certificate and course providers um, that are reporting 70% increases in their business during 2021 and 22 so online learners are skyrocketing in terms of their businesses picking up and then you've got folks like google uh, who have massive new career certificates in an array of fields with costs as low as 39 dollars a month you've got microsoft and linkedin now competing in that online training arena so it's changing dramatically who these colleges are having to compete against in ways that they didn't even perceive before. Another factor is that recent studies have also shown that one in four Americans plan to enroll in an education program in the next six months, but they also expressed a strong preference for non-degree programs skill training and online options so again that creates opportunities for folks like in the educational certificate uh, credential area um, for workforce development for community colleges and things like that and it also increases a huge change in the competitive landscape that folks like uva virginia tech and others aren't just competing against the the geographic area they're in they're also competing against every online opportunity like phoenix snhu WGU, all the others that are out there as mainly online education institutions. And that's just changed dramatically.
0: When the competition looks that way and you have all these different institutions offering online classes, how does an institution stand out amongst the rest? How do they advertise the best they can, their best assets to their potential future students?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question, Rachel. What we're seeing is that institutions are coming to us and where previously they may have been saying, here's our geographic area and here's our training area. What they're doing now is they're saying, here are the types of business sectors and here are the types of people that need training that we provide. And that means that we're going from a regional or local advertising geographic to advertise to to a national one, which creates dramatic budget shifts and what clients have allocated in the past to succeed aren't even close enough anymore to succeed because we're trying to buy the same media in, in the western U.S. or in other areas that are much more competitive and much more expensive traditionally than some of the demographic areas we've, we've tried to serve before.
0: And I think what we've also been seeing, and uh, Dr. Dean Brown has mentioned this on podcast episodes with him about social media centers of excellence. I know that Vice President Strategic Communications Rachel Spencer and uh, Lucas Weaver too, it all keeps surrounding authenticity, especially when it comes to online marketing, and we're seeing more of a demand for that from colleges and universities to really express who they are and what they can do well to their students, so it attracts the right type of students that are going to go there, sign up for classes, stay, and graduate. Is that something that you guys have seen on the advertising and the creative side as well is more of that demand?
1: Well, you know, definitely. And and, and that's impacting higher education in lots of ways that we may have been able to see coming. Uh, But others that I don't think people really anticipated. Um, As of 2022, White public high school graduates will no longer be the majority, dropping to about 42% of all U.S. graduates in 2036. So now we're needing to find that we really have to have authentic voices, especially to folks of color, to, to our BIPOC community, to our Latinx community, to really actually speak to them in their own authentic languages, but serve images up to them that are they're able to relate to, and also make sure that it doesn't seem like we're checking a box anymore. we are authentically really speaking and caring about what those audience want in their on-campus us our online experience
0: and what are some of the methods or some of the uh, experts that we pull in to make sure that we're capturing that voice like what kind of uh, what kind of strategies go behind creating a plan like that
1: Rachel I think the most Logical and simple thing as what was so often overlooked 10 years ago. And that's just making sure that people of color and people of different ethnicities are just represented visually in your advertising. That just seems so simple, but it was overlooked for many, many years. And there are horror stories of about institutions that didn't have enough diversity, retouching them into photos and things like that. Just Some seems inimaginable now in terms of what we're dealing with in terms of a cultural awareness and awakening. But it is so important just to make sure that you are finding out what audiences want and speaking to them, but also creating, as I said, online or on-campus experiences where they just don't feel that they're diverse, but they feel like they're welcoming and inclusive, and they give them a sense of belonging. And we know that sense of belonging. we We hear so much about all of the diversity, equity, inclusion programs. That last piece, belonging, is the most important piece and the one so often overlooked. And that's an institutional change that marketing really can only help a little bit about. We can help identify challenges, which we do through our research division, but helping you change that culture is something you have to do internally.
0: Our last episode with Rachel Spencer, we talked about why college enrollment is a marketing problem. So what marketing solutions i know we've talked about diversity equity inclusion and belonging and representation which of course huge core part of any advertising and public relations strategy today what are things that community colleges can focus on to face these daunting challenges, because they're forced to compete directly with these better funded, maybe better established four-year institutions for the same dwindling target audience. So what advantages do they have, going back to what you mentioned about students wanting more of this online experience, more of these credential programs where they can get in, graduate faster, and then get a job?
1: Well, I'll start first with the biggest challenge that they face, and the biggest challenge that community colleges traditionally that we've worked with face is that they haven't created what I like to call that Amazon experience online. And a lot of other schools are getting closer to that. And there needs to be an ability for a student of any age to go to your website, to find the training that they want, to pay for it, to get their questions answered, to sign up, and to get their link to their education sent to them or when they need to be at their classes. And community colleges are really behind that curve, especially in the Virginia community college system. Um, On average, it takes anywhere from 28 to 72 hours to get a request to a response that we're finding at some institutions where most other universities will will challenge you with multiple different ways of points of contact within hours of you contacting them. So we're really behind the curve. There became this sort of idea, I think, in academia in the last decade where there was this idea of if you apply to us, we'll take a look at you. And if you're lucky, we'll let you in. And now there's this real need for folks to say, I can train anywhere. I can go anywhere. I can get trained any way I want to. I'm going to send you a request. And if you don't respond quickly in the way I want you to, you're not right for me. And I think that's a fundamental change that a student is no longer willing to get in their car and drive to campus and set up an appointment with a counselor to set up a meeting to talk about whether or not there's funding. If they can't find out online, they'll just find another source. A great quote that I uh, have seen is from Rick Byer. He's a senior fellow uh, and practice area lead for mergers and affiliations at the Association of Governing Boards of Universities and Colleges. And he says, quite simply, the fundamental business model for delivering education is broken. The consolidation era started a few years ago. It will continue and we will see more closures. So that's a really alarming thing for someone who is on the board of universities and colleges and their governing board to say, our whole business model is changing and we have to adapt and change with it. And I think that just is a a great opportunity and challenge for all the institutions we serve, regardless of size.
0: And what are some of those other sources that we've seen bringing in the effect of social media and just this digital age too, of the way that students and the younger population are getting information?
1: Well, there are a lot of colleges of all sizes and even some of our amazing community college uh, clients that are doing this really well. You know, they have the ability for you to go online and chat with someone anytime you want. They have the ability for you to set up your own virtual meet and greets anytime you want. That uh, ability to chat, to virtually meet anytime And they're doing it really well. And those that are doing that are the ones that are showing increases in enrollment right now. But I think what we really need to learn and lean into is the fact that With the desire right now for so much vocational education, we're looking at a huge demand for for transportation, truck driver CDL training all over the country. Huge desires and needs in the medical and healthcare professions for new CNAs, new nurses. There's just an unending need right now. And what we see is that there is a great ability to offer content to them time, but many of these folks are already in the workforce. So having an availability of your counselors to talk to them between nine to five doesn't work for them. You need to have counselors after five, you need to have counselors on the weekend, because that's when your workforce has time to consider and uh, bettering their life or changing their career. They don't have time nine to five because they're trying to survive.
0: And going back to what we talked about with representation too, um, AccessU faculty member, Monica Gomez talked about how important it is to have uh, Spanish speaking, people on your staff so that when they're in that admissions department, they can talk directly to a student and their parents in their uh, first language and be very direct with them about what these programs mean, how much it is going to cost, what's in store for their student in terms of their career opportunities, and be able to broaden that spectrum of communication seems so integral in the process.
1: You know, it's critical in ways I don't even think we understand how important it is. You know, there are studies that show, even in elementary school, if a student of color has at least one teacher of color they dramatically improved their test scores. I heard this today on NPR, as a matter of fact. And that is simply because this person was actually, had a philosophy that it was simply because those teachers did not have different expectations of them that other white teachers with some inbred prejudice they might not have been aware of, that they were applying to them. So I think it's important that for your counselors, for your faculty, for everyone, that folks can see Folks that they relate to and feel like they belong because if you're not doing that if you're not offering up ads in, in second languages if you're not communicating in that way you're not seen as authentic and maybe you're not seen as welcoming parents and students of all ages have less faith than ever in the fact that a four-year education in higher education is required to succeed and what we're finding now is folks are graduating high school and or looking for different changes in their career with a feeling that a traditional college or university isn't what they need to do to succeed. So it creates a great opportunity for credentialed online learning opportunities, as well as these uh, hands-on vocational education uh, courses that, for, that Virginia's community colleges and others have done so well for so long. And the ability to get in, get your degree, and, and improve your life at your current job or get a new job is really what people are looking for. You've got all the challenges of the gig economy. You've got all the challenges right now in the decline across the board in terms of the hireable population right now has changed significantly during COVID. So there are less workers than ever that want to get a job. And the competition to train workers in the jobs that are in demand has never been more fierce. So there's this huge dichotomy about need and want that isn't going to be worked out in the next six months. It's going to take the next six years or more for that to level back out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, that goes back to communication and making sure that colleges have plans in place, have those marketing strategies in place. If there are any higher education marketers listening, Tony, how can they get in contact with us and learn more about what we can do for them?
1: Well, we're easy to find. Uh, AccessU.com. Uh, There's an easy way to find us there. All our information is there. We've got a really good team that's approachable. There aren't a lot of barriers to working with our team. That's where the word access comes into the name. We're very, very, very client-driven and client-serviced, and we're attainable, and we really like to work with clients of all sizes, so we love the opportunity.
0: Thanks again for your insights, Tony. And for those listening, if you like this episode, share it with a colleague, share it with a friend of yours who might be interested. Let them know we have new blogs and podcast episodes every single week. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Access Success Podcast, produced by AccessU, a division of Access Advertising and Public Relations. Find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up with what the world of education needs to hear at AccessU Agency and connect with us at accessu.com. Let's do something big.